Morning Liberty. Well, what's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Good Morning Liberty Podcast. I'm the better host of the two of us, Charlie <laughs> Thompson. Nate, you second-rate host. How you doing? <laughs> I'm, you know, it's it's nothing like being the best host, but hey, it's it's okay. You before know, before we get too deep, yeah. Did you hit record? I did hit record this time. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. The man <laughs> is, he's on it. Luckily, yesterday, you know, we got the live video. So I had to download the video from from Facebook and then I had to put it in the iMovie and extract the audio and then take the audio and put it in the logic. And honestly, it would have been better if I just would have hit record. You know, most people would have given up though. <clears throat> yeah. Most people would have given up. They'd be like, oh, nope. we lost the episode. Nope. Not you. No. Maybe you're not so second rate. I just... <laughs> I say that as a joke. Yeah. 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 When I wake up, I know that I'm second rate host, Nathan Thurston. And I dream, I don't just dream any old dream. I dream of becoming first rate Good Morning Liberty (laughs) host, Nate Thurston. But I I am not there yet today. But by the way, this is the podcast, Good Morning Liberty, where we talk about life, liberty, and the pursuit of meaning. If this is your first time listening to us, go and subscribe to the podcast. Where have you been all these days? Jeez. You're like a year late on this whole thing. Yeah. Thanks for listening, though. We really appreciate it. Especially if you're a diehard fan. Yeah. Go subscribe. <laughs> diehard is a Christmas movie, movie, by the way. I don't know if we're, you guys know that. We're but. on Spotify, and there's obviously Apple Podcasts or iTunes. There's Google Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Overcast, CastBox. A lot of, uh, there's shrimp, a lot of apps out there. Shrimp scampi. <laughs> shrimp sandwich. I bet that's all, I guess that's all the places you can listen to podcasts at. <laughs> oh yeah. So hit that subscribe button. What that's going to do is it's going to send our episode directly to your phone every single day of the week when we decide to release one, which is normally every day, you know. Of the week. <clears throat> of the week. Yeah. Not on the weekends. We no. take those days off. Okay. Thanks to our union here at the GML studio. So. Not that, not that Liberty doesn't need you know, fighting for on the weekends. Yeah. You got to take a brain break every now and then. You do. I don't know what you guys are feeling that are listening to the podcast right now, but sometimes dealing like just thinking in this political environment every single day, this constant controversy after controversy, being upset about stuff, being mad at the government all the time, you know, you can start to get pretty down on on everything you can you can start to get pretty stressed out so that's why we take saturday and sunday off actually i still end up writing articles and making memes and doing all that kind of stuff so i yep. don't know i don't know but uh we've got some stuff to talk about today and uh i think mainly mainly we've got this whole 1.4 trillion dollar spending bill that just passed the house has it gone through the senate i don't know um i know it'll go through the senate uh, i don't know if it did yet trump said he's going to sign it so it's got I, all types of i don't think it's high enough no no yeah. not enough money no no i mean you know if we're going to go ahead and spend 1.4 i just don't why not spend 10.4 that's a good question you know like if you're gonna spend money that you don't have then Hey, why stop there? Go go for all yeah. of it. Yeah, let's just spend all, uh, yeah. just type in whatever amount, whatever amount you want to type in. You know, it doesn't matter, right? The currency doesn't matter. Inflation doesn't matter. The debt doesn't matter. We just owe it to ourselves, right? Yeah. So that doesn't matter. So I don't know why they went with this ridiculously low spending budget. 
this would have been like a $4.8 trillion budget if President Bernie Sanders were in office. <laughs> so, uh, or more. Yeah, or more. Or yeah. more. That would have been for the month, I think. We're, we're the richest uh, nation on the, in the history of the earth. There's no reason why we can't spend all of the money yeah. in one year. No reason not to. Are, are That's you, what I say. I wonder if you're still the richest nation in the earth if you are still spending more money than you have all the time. Yeah, I don't know how that how that works out. So before we dive into this, though, I mm. I, I must say uh, we you had an interesting paint experience today. If you guys have been following the podcast, then you know that there has been a saga ongoing at my house, which is finding the right paint color for my kitchen cabinets. And this is an issue. This is a really big issue that we've been trying to solve. And I'm happy that we may have been able to solve it. But we've had to go back and forth to the paint store. Of course, we're not using paint that you can get at Home Depot or Lowe's. You got to use Benjamin Moore, which you can only get at like your local hardware store somewhere. And hope that they mix it up right. Because good Lord, the stuff costs three times more than the other paint that you're going to get. So we got this paint. um, Got a specific color called Midnight Blue. I got that from a Benjamin Moore supplier called Hoover Paint here in Nashville. A big shout out to them because they're officially my least favorite place in the entire city. (laughs) You just Um, go ahead and air out your grievances. No. So we got this paint color uh, last weekend. (laughs) Got this paint color. And listen, I realize these are first world problems, but hey, this is my problem. So I'll talk about it. And we typically defend businesses all the time on this podcast. So I think it's good to know that we will... That we will air this, grievances. This is an essence of the free market. This it is, is. This is your duty, actually, to warn your fellow mm. citizens. This is the free market at work here. And I went to the paint store. I got the color. It said the color on the paint can. Uh, it was a $61 gallon of paint. And so I made the mistake. Here's where I messed up. I made the mistake of thinking that since the paint can said midnight blue on it, that that's the color that was going to be in the paint can. And that I realized that's obviously my mistake. You guys over at Hoover Paint, you're right. You're right. That's my mess up. So I went home thinking that I had just purchased the right paint color. And my wife and I proceeded to paint all of our kitchen cabinets, which we had sanded down and primed with two coats of primer. And we went ahead and painted all the kitchen cabinets. And lo and behold, the paint dries and it's not the right freaking color at all. Not the right color at all. So we go to the paint store Must today. Must have been mid-evening blue. Yeah, like it was <laughs> evening green is the color they gave me, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> we went to the paint store today, and I told the guy, I brought in a, a door that had the sample color, the actual color, and then the color that they sent me home with. I said, hey, look at this. Those are different. And he said, yeah, you're right. That Those are two different ones. He went back and investigated and say, hey, you know, we've got this color put out wrong in our computer system. It's configured for the wrong paint base. So that's why we made the wrong color. Okay. He, he, he just said it's, he, it's our fault. He said, yeah, we messed it up. It's wrong in our computer system. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, hey, can I get a refund on the paint? And also, can you give me now? Some of you guys might not like this, but I said, I want my new gallon of paint to be free. And I really want you guys to reimburse me for the cost of that because I've already painted all of my kitchen cabinets in the wrong color. And now to do it right, to to actually do it right, I've got to sand off that color and then repaint my kitchen cabinets again with what you're telling me is the right color this time. And I said, I mean, they're lucky I didn't pay a paint crew to go paint my cabinets when I had like a $1,000 bill for someone painting the wrong color of my cabinets or anything. They're lucky that you didn't file a 
stat, a violation of statute of limitations into court seven. <laughs> so after, what do we spend at the paint store, Charlie? How much time? I don't know. A lot. Yeah. It's about three solid hours at the paint store. Massive time suck. Waiting for them to try and mix me the right color and then trying to convince them that they needed to refund me for this, this entire mishap took a little over three hours. You would have asked, you would have, you would have thought that I was asking them to give me their firstborn child or something like that. Or that I was asking that guy to go to my house and repaint my cabinets for me, something like that. Mm-hmm. Or that I brought in a thousand dollar bill from a paint crew and was asking them to reimburse me for that. No, I just wanted them to reimburse me for the cost of the wrong paint that they sent me home with. That's it. That's it. So there you go. Hoover paint. There's your endorsement. Okay. Don't ask us to do any ads on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I don't even want to know what my blood pressure is right now. And now we got to talk about this freaking budget, this the, freaking $1.4 trillion spending bill. We got to talk about the <clears throat> om- omnibus. Yeah. I, anytime you hear the word omnibus, just run away. <laughs> run it's, far it's, away. It's never good. Do you want to read the story? You have to look at in the pursuit of meaning, you know, which is what you value with your life. Hang on a second. Okay. Get you a drink. <sighs> what you have to do is you have to look and say, this is a good experiment to do as you ask yourself, what is my time worth over, you know, my lifespan, right? So maybe you're making $10 an hour right now, or maybe you're making 25 an hour. Maybe you're making 50 or a hundred or 200 or 300, whatever it is. What is going to be your average amount of money that you make per hour over your life? And you can do the arithmetic and you can ask yourself, Hey, do I ever waste any time? And if you do waste time, then you can start to do the math on how much time you actually waste. So you're like, oh, well, I, I waste eight hours a week. So you waste one whole day every single week, you know, and if you make, you know, $10 an hour, that means you're wasting $80 an hour, you know? And so this whole paint fiasco was wasting time. Yeah. Most, a lot of your time, a lot of time, because this is not the first instance that you've had problems. No. And so ultimately in a free market, it's their fault. It is their, it was their fault. Yeah. Yeah. All that time. You paid them for a product and service and the initial time investment was fine because you wanted a product or service that they had. And so you were willing to invest some time to go get it and they screwed up, admittedly screwed up. Yeah. And so you've already done, you know, your equation and you've done the arithmetic that paint cost you way more than $60. Oh yeah. Way more. It cost me more Not than $60 that. to get the new paint today. Yeah. Way more just today. And then now you have to sand everything down, repaint everything so that everything looks good. Yeah. You know, so you don't lose the value on your home or anything like that. Cause that, that's even more money. You do all these calculations. Yeah. You're in the whole thousands of yeah. dollars. The val- it All w- because of Hoover paints. You bring up a good uh, a good point that was made in basic economics thing about Mike right here. There we go. You You're made not up supposed a good- to hit them. You're just supposed yeah, to talk yeah. to them. You made up a good point that was made in basic <laughs> economics by Thomas Sowell. And I'm sure I'll butcher it right now, but he basically said that the value of your time is what else you could have been doing with that time. So if you do something of value or if your time has value, if you believe that your time is valuable and you decide to stop and watch TV for a few hours, well, you might say, well, that time wasn't really, that wasn't worth any money. Well, it was worth money if you could have been doing something that was more valuable during that time. And trust me, once you get that idea in your head, it will drive you completely insane. So don't, you know, don't take it 
all the way to is seriously where you never take time off to do everything or to do anything. Cause I've definitely been there before. I'm there now most of the time because I'm thinking, well, I could stop and watch this movie or I could be making a bunch of dank memes to post on our Instagram, <laughs> you know? So if I don't do that, then actually I've lost, I've lost money. I've lost value by sitting here, not doing this. By not making dank memes. Exactly. Which is what you should be doing in your spare time. So anytime something <laughs> is done inefficiently, the, and this is something that people in the government should listen to. I'm sure they're listening right now. Anytime something is done inefficiently and it, and it takes more time than it should, you're, you're losing money when that happens. You're losing money because that time has a value to it. And the value of that time is what else you could have been doing mm -hmm. with that time. So keep that in mind. And without further ado, let's read this article from ABC News about the house passing this $1.4 trillion spending bill. Charlie, you want to read it? You want me to? Yeah, coming from ABC News, the Democratic-controlled House voted Tuesday to pass a $1.4 trillion government spending package handing President Donald Trump, uh, almost impeached President Donald Trump, a victory on his U.S.-Mexico border fence while giving Democrats spending increases across a swath of domestic programs. Imagine that. Democrats have no problem passing spending of your money. Well, I love when they, it's, it's really early to be cutting in, but this article is going to require a lot of that. They're talking about how the Democrats, the Democrat controlled House voted and they gave President Donald Trump a victory on his U.S.-Mexico border fence. <laughs> Not the wall. It's a fence. It's a fence. Yeah. Which is a, which is they've tested these words. You know, the word wall does not play very well with people. If you said fence, if you said gate, if you said border security, if you said anything like that and still meant the same thing, people would like it more. And that's something to pay attention to. So here's, they're talking about how the Democrat controlled house remembers coming from ABC. So they had to call it a border fence that they, that they are passing here. <clears throat> Making yeah. sure they keep the Democrats in a good light. Yeah. yeah. So the hard fought yeah. legislation also funds a record Pentagon budget after the Pentagon <laughs> lost a trillion dollars <laughs> and is serving a must pass legislative locomotive to tow an unusual large haul of unrelated provisions into law including an expensive repeal of Obama era taxes on high cost health plans, help for retired coal miners. <laughs> it's an expensive repeal of a tax. Yeah. How is that expensive? You know, <laughs> that's not an expense. Like I was going to take money from you without your permission and I decided not to. Therefore that's an expense to me. Right. On no. the balance, on the balance sheet, Nate. No, you know, no, I can't. I can't. An I can't even. Tactic. I can't even today. I can't even today. All right. Sorry. Go ahead. Help for retired coal miners, and an increase from eighteen to twenty-one in the nationwide legal age to buy tobacco products. Now, what in the world does the legal age to buy tobacco products have to do with spending? Well, they were going to pass the spending bill, so they had to put stuff in it that they wanted. This is, That's all it has to do with. That's it. Our our representatives are incompetent. No. They're simply incompetent. They're, this is not even how you pass a spending bill anyway. It's supposed to be nine separate bills. Yeah, this one was two. 
Yeah, it's supposed to be nine separate bills. Anyway, <clears throat> the two bill package, some 2,371 pages that every single one of them read. <laughs> oh, that's not in the article. Sorry. That, and that every single one of them won't read. Long after additional tax provisions were folded in on Tuesday morning, was unveiled Monday morning and adopted less than 24 hours later. Really? So just so you know, your elected representatives got to see a bill on Monday and less than 24 hours later, they went ahead and they wrapped their arms around it. And they decided that this is good enough to send to the Senate after skimming through 2,371 pages. Like, look, I don't know if they're all speed readers, but even if you are a speed reader, I'm not sure you can get through 2,371 pages and of understanding um, in less than 24 hours. This is how fraudulent they've become, that they're not even pretending like they're going to read this bill. 24 hours for a near, for a over 2,000 page legal document that you know none of them read. It is clear that none of them read this and they don't, no one cares. No one cares. All that they're going to yeah. talk about is impeachment today. And this is the kind of crap that goes on behind the scenes. This will probably be like our least shared episode too. <laughs> Cause like no one cares. No, this should be your number one problem. Okay. So, uh, lawmakers prepared to wrap up reams of unfinished work around a backdrop of Wednesday's vote on impeaching Trump. So did they vote today? They're supposed to today. I don't, I do not know if they voted okay. yet, but we know what it, the outcome is going to be. The house first passed a measure funding domestic programs on a 297 to 120 vote, but one third of Democrats defected on a 280 to 138 vote on the second bill, which funds the military and the department of Homeland security, mostly because it funds Trump's border wall project because though now it's a bad thing. Now it's a wall project. And now it's a, <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. These people are good, by the way. Wow. It's journalism at its finest. The roaster of add-ons grew over the weekend. So I think it's the, roster. <laughs> it's supposed whatever. to be. It's a roast. Yeah. The roster of add-ons <laughs> grew over the weekend to include the permanent repeal of a tax on the high-cost, quote, Cadillac health insurance benefits and a hard-won provision to finance health care and pension benefits for about 100000 Retired union coal miners threatened by the insolvency of their pension fund. A tax on medical devices and health insurance plan would also be repealed permanently. Why is the government financing the pension benefits for 100,000 retired union coal miners? Was this were these uh, yeah, state? Was this a state union coal miner? Federal? Everything this was federal coal mining. Everything is state and federal now, Charlie. You should know that. Yeah, this is yeah. By the insolvency of their pension fund. Well, it sounds like the people managing their pension fund did a piss poor job. Yeah. By promising money that they didn't have. So yeah, I'm not saying coal miners shouldn't be taken care of yeah. because you know, that was a hard, that was hard work. I couldn't do it. Mm -mm. I'm too tall, honestly. <clears throat> no, too tall you wouldn't be able to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, the whole pension fund thing. I obviously I feel for people who might not receive their pensions, but if you were to ask me, Hey, Nate, if you put your money into something that clearly was not going to have any actual value and they were going to pay out way more money for your entire life than they were ever actually going to have. And then when I got old and I was like, oh, I thought I was going to get this pension. Everything was perfect and everything was. No, 
it's it's obvious they're promising money that they don't have just like i know right now i'm not going to get social security i'm not going to cry but about you're not forced getting, to pay it i'm forced to pay into it but yeah. these people are are being promised pensions that are not payable the, these unfunded pensions are all over the country now texas has got a big problem with it illinois obviously has a big problem with it all the states have huge issues with this and they keep promising people money that that they just simply do not have here's the thing they're unfunded yeah <laughs> unfunded yeah well now this one just got funded yeah <laughs> yeah thanks well it's not passed the senate yet oh, although okay. i'm not i don't it's think we're gonna see any problems it'll pass yeah. The cost of the package grew as lawmakers added the repeal of three so-called Obama taxes and extended expiring tax breaks. Those policy changes would add will add $428 billion to the deficit over 10 years. <clears throat> Never mind how much the actual spending cost, the fact that we're repealing taxes, that's what's really going to add to the deficit. Yeah, that's how you add to the deficit. Four, by the way, $4.28 billion a year. Not, yeah. 428. They did that over <laughs> they did. I didn't even catch 10 it. years. I didn't even catch that. That's a rounding error for the government. <laughs> $4.28 billion a that's, year. That's like 30 seconds that's of spending. N- that's nothing. They, they're they going to spend that much on champagne this year, probably. <laughs> Good Lord. Champagne. That's nothing. Yeah. This whole Cadillac health insurance plan acting like it's a bad thing. They're going to spend $4 billion on the champagne that they're going to pop after the House impeaches exactly. Donald Trump. Exactly. Yeah. They're, Have you ever been to government buildings, by the way? They're big. They're I, massive and yeah. they've got marble and it's like they're beautiful works of art. Yeah. But it's like, who paid for all that? Oh, we did. We did. Yep. We Your did. kids did. That's who paid for it. Yeah. It's the Cadillac health insurance plans. Now, I'm glad that they did this part of the bill. Should have been separate, which is though. repealing the tax on businesses, the penalty, the the for businesses having the audacity to offer really good insurance plans to people. I was, you know, my wife. I'm not going to say victim, but I don't know a better word right now. <laughs> my wife was a victim to this because she had a very nice Cadillac insurance plan. And President Obama said that if you like your plan, you can keep your plan. But after they passed Obamacare and HCA realized that they were going to have to pay a huge penalty for offering people Cadillac plans, they removed those from from their employee insurance plans. And so where, where we used to have just an amazing insurance plan, where my wife luckily worked for a healthcare company, one of the biggest ones in the world, so we had great health insurance for sure, they repealed that and all of a sudden here we are paying our two thousand dollar deductibles our insurance our cost of insurance went up 10 times a month 10 times the amount that she was paying so you liked your plan but you couldn't you we couldn't keep it we liked our plan and we were not allowed to keep the plan because they made the plan we had illegal basically so I, I am really glad that they are taking that away maybe hca will decide that they're going to offer those really nice plans again hey it, that'll be good. Can you get it? Can you get one for yourself? Um, oh, like privately? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I guess you can now. I guess maybe insurance. They're going to allow insurance companies now to offer really good insurance to people. Man, that's insane. That's weird. What an expense. What an expense this is. Good Lord. I don't even know where to begin. I'm so pissed. Man, <laughs> this is, they're catching me on a bad day. Let me tell you that. I apologize. If this is your first day listening, just know that I 
I'm pretty much like this every other day, but I'm going <laughs> to act like I'm not today. This is, this is no caricature. Yeah. I do not want to know what my blood pressure is. This is it's Nate in the flesh. The disgusting part of this is that we're going to have a partisan vote on impeachment today, where basically only, only Democrats are going to vote to impeach Donald Trump. And what, as we've said before, what is the thing that all of our lawmakers can finally come together in a bipartisan effort to do? It's to do all of this crap right here. It's to spend more of your money. That's what they can all agree on. And this is something that Rand Paul has always called the unholy alliance between the left and the right. And what, it, what always ends up happening is each side caves so they can get what they want. So they'll let the other side get what they want so they can get what they want. Just like how the Democrats just voted for a bill that keeps the funding for the border wall going for, I don't, I don't well, know they how voted much for the fence, it goes. Yeah, for the, the fence, not the wall. Yeah, you're yeah. right. So it's going to keep this Cause, funding. Cause they defected, remember. <clears throat> yeah, that's right. They so the first bill passed 297 to 120. The second one, 280 to 138, yeah. a difference of 18 votes. That's the yeah. Democrats defecting against the wall. <laughs> that's, that's However, defecting. they would have voted for the fence. Yes. Because you can get through fences easier than you can walls. So no problem there, by the way. So they can all come together. And the reason they do this is because, well, they got their, what what did they get it? Well, they got increased spending on some of their domestic programs. I think it was $28 billion increase for different domestic programs. And so they gave Trump the funding for the border fence. They all got, they've all voted on it because they all get to spend more of your money. Yeah. And that's that that's something when Rand Paul was running for president, he always went around talking about this unholy alliance between the two sides, because the right, they want more military spending and the left, they want more domestic spending. So what do they do? They both agree to do both. And that's how the budget just keeps going up and up and up all the time, never goes down. And we always run a deficit and we're spending money that we don't have. And they clearly agree bipartisan in a bipartisan nature to continue to do this. So I don't know. I'm, I think I, like, I said my piece on this. I like <clears throat> Thomas Massey on Twitter. It's so good. He said, uh, you know, the whole tobacco yeah. changing. Oh, I forgot to say it. Yeah. He said, hardly a peep today about the federal government banning sales of tobacco products to 18, 19 and 20 year old adults yesterday. The cost to implement that plan to ban those $18,580,790 per year. Yeah. Hey folks. He says, Hey folks, no one said this nanny state was going to be cheap. (laughs) (laughs) He's yeah. He's fun to watch on Twitter for sure. So yeah, let's, what do you think about that? Banning the sale of tobacco products under the age of 21. We finally solved the problem, right? Now, now no one's going to smoke. Now, now we fixed it. We fixed the problem. No, 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 that's not what we did. Um, we uh, we acted like we were going to solve a problem, and we got the virtue signal about how we cared about the problem while we passed something that is going to do nothing except for spend more money and create a, a big, a huge black market, more so than there even is right now. Because I don't know about you, Charlie. Did you ever know anyone that drank when you were in high school? Mm-mm. Let me ask you again, because you don't perjure yourself. All right. You're being <laughs> recorded. Did any of your fellow classmates drink alcohol in high school? Mm. 
Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Now, I, I'm, of course, you didn't drink. That's not what I'm saying. Of course, you didn't. No comment. But I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure alcohol had been illegal for people under 21 for quite some time before you went to high school, right? Mm. Yes. Okay. And yeah. they were still having. I didn't have time to read the bill. They were, st <laughs> they were still having big parties, which I'm sure you did not attend. But they were still having big parties where all of the kids who were under the age of 21 would get together and drink alcohol. Mm. Yes. To the best of your knowledge, do you do you have any recollection of that? Did I did I <clears> swear <throat> to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth Te before this podcast? It's started? a disclaimer. I said that it plays before we start. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I went to one of those parties. You Nate. did. Come on. <laughs> one. I just went to one. You went to the one. <laughs> I went to the. Yeah, the one that got busted. The oh. one party I went to. Yep. It got busted. I was 18. I didn't go in my, <laughs> in my formidable years. <laughs> I went towards the latter stages. But it's so just, yes, I do have empirical evidence that I know um, that. And, and unfortunately my mom listens to this show, but she yeah. already knows cause she had to pick me up. Yeah. But, but yeah, I do know people did drink and have parties. I think there were like 80 kids there. Yeah. That's this weird. Big party because we, I only graduated with 60 kids. <laughs> it's so. just, I know, listen, it's not good to smoke. It's not a good thing. No. I don't think that people should smoke regardless of what age they are. I don't think that it's a good thing for people to smoke, but you have to then make the argument like, what's the objective here? Are you trying to protect people from things that are bad for them? Is that what the objective is? Where do you decide to draw that line? That's what I want to know. Where do you draw the line on, we are the government, we get to decide to make things illegal that are bad for you, and therefore we're going to do this. And how do you get to the side that you draw that line at tobacco products? What about fast food? You know, that's pretty bad. Heart disease is a pretty big issue, I would say. I think that's the number one cause of death, pretty sure. And so they draw the line where, oh, we're going to stop you from doing this one thing. Only we're not going to stop you from doing it. We're going to act like we're going to stop you from doing it. And we're going to create all kinds of crimes where now if you get caught with cigarettes or you get caught selling cigarettes, we'll make sure that that's a bigger felony and all, and all of that. And we're going to appropriate $18.5 million. Oh, and also we're going to conduct random unannounced inspections Yeah, to ensure that retailers do not sell tobacco products to individuals under the age of 21. Literally, this is, this is how they pay their friends. <laughs> you create departments and unannounced inspections. And there's a few people that are going to make 18 and a half million dollars to do these surprise inspections. Yeah. And that's how you, that's how you win these government contracts. Well, the ATF just got a big boost today for sure. So ridiculous. They just got a big boost to their budget. We know that. Okay. I guess we can go on to this next story about Bernie Sanders. We've talked a little bit about this before. We do operate a website called BernieLies.com. Are you so. trying to have a heart attack on the podcast? I'm going to see how far I can push it. Okay. <laughs> well, you guys can't tell if you're watching live. I've got the saturation turned all the way down on my screen because my face <laughs> is beat red. Let me tell you what. It is running just beat red, but I've got mm -hmm. it turned down to where, you know, all that's taken out. So just so I wouldn't freak you guys out. But yeah, I feel like I'm going to have a heart attack. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. This is from teenvogue.com. So you know it's good. Yeah. New report from Bernie Sanders details declining living standards for millennials. Oh, yeah. the humanity for the millennials. It's, it's so declining. terrible. So terrible, isn't it? 
Stories of the American dream have been told for generations, not just in the United States, but worldwide. Economic mobility is such a core part of the story America tells about itself. People whose families have lived here for generations and immigrant families are taught to believe that in this country, anyone, regardless of their background, can pull themselves up by their bootstraps to obtain and build wealth. That's still true, by the way. They're, I mean, that's still true. But it's but, not just <clears throat> wealth. Yeah. This is, what, this is what is so wrong about this. But recent years have seen the publication of study after study showing that this is not the case, especially for young people. A new report prepared by the Government Accountability Office for Vermont Senator and 2020 presidential candidate Bernie Sanders and provided to Teen Vogue offers fresh evidence. The road to the American dream looks much bumpier for millennials. That's people born between 1982 and the year 2000, which, by the way. Which is us. That's us. We're millennials. Then it did for Generation X, which is people born between 1965 and 1981, and baby boomers, people born between 1946 and 1964. Quote, if we don't fundamentally transform our economy, we are facing, for the first time in the history of this country, the possibility that our young people will suffer a worse future than their parents had. This report comes, this report confirms my fears. Oh, how about that? A report prepared by the GAO for Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders is confirming the fears that Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders has. How about that? That's crazy. Yeah, that's so weird that that would happen. According to the report, this is like climate science over here. According to the report, in the 1970s, 94% of of 30-year-olds earned more than their parents did at that age, as opposed to 2010, when only 50% of 30-year-olds earned more than their parents in 2016. The median net worth, assets minus debt, of millennials between ages 25 and 34 was 36% lower than it was for Gen Xers at that age, just $20,038, compared with $31,240 for Gen Xers. The report goes on to highlight the unique factors that led to this change, a decrease in home ownership and an increase in student loan debt. About 43% of millennials between ages 25 and 34 own homes, compared with 51% of Gen Xers and 49% of baby boomers at that age. Mm. Given the significant role that homeownership plays in the accumulation of wealth, this has contributed to the declining net worth of this generation. However, according to the study, student loan debt is what really differentiates millennial finances from other generations. You don't say. With... (laughs) With millennials more likely to have student debt that exceeds their annual income, in 2016, millennial households had a student loan-to-income ratio that exceeded 100%, compared with ratios of 50% or less in previous generations. How about that? If more people go to college, then more people will have college debt. Isn't that weird? I mean, you're just reading this, and I'm just saying that this is bad. Yeah. That. The figures are particularly grim for those in the bottom 25%. Ooh, I'm feeling grim. While Gen Xers and baby boomers in that cohort had a net worth around zero, on average, these millennials have about $19,470 in debt. Mm. Okay, mm. so. We now, can- look, I know, I know we're going to go through this, and you, we got some tweets to go through, too. Yeah. But I just want to give you my, because I haven't read this article yet. Mm. And so... My first synopsis of this is, uh, oh, 
this is bad. This is bad. Right? Yeah. You just read these numbers they present and you're like, well, clearly someone is holding millennials back. Yeah. Somebody has got their foot on them and they're stepping on their head while they're drowning, you know? <laughs> yeah. But then I, you know, I start to pick this apart, which is what you should do by the way. Um, and the, my first inclination is in the 1970s, what did our parents not have that we have? And so in the seventies was the internet around? No, no, no. internet. No. Did people have computers? No. Cell phones? No. Mm, no. $30,000 cars? No. no. They didn't? None no. of that. Not a single backup camera in 1970. Backup, no, no. backup cameras None of in them. their no. vehicles. No. Um, let's see. In the 1970s, did Uber exist? No, no Uber. No. no, no Uber eats or any, I can't get even get my food delivered. Yeah, no. Only pizza delivery. Yeah. That's it. No, I couldn't get McDonald's <laughs> delivered to my house for 200% the cost. <laughs> that, that was, that didn't exist. Yeah. PayPal wasn't around. No PayPal. No, no email. I could only handwrite uh, letters. No, just mail. Just mail. Yep. Okay. How much was the forever stamp in the seventies? <laughs> Probably 10 cents. 10 cents yeah. tops. So, I mean, that's just a few things that I could think of off the, the top of the dome. But Charlie, our living standards are so much worse. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, apparently, according to this article, living standards for millennials, which is Nate and I, yeah. by the way, we're part of this dying generation, it this appears. Struggle. And, you know, when I first read that, when I read the headline, I was like, oh, man, my life is ending. Yeah. Of course. But then I start, you start to pick these things apart. And you realize that our life is so much better than our parents ever could have dreamed. Yeah. There's never been a better time to be alive. The fact that I could order my groceries and have them delivered to my door without ever even stepping foot outside. Now, look, you don't have to do that. That's not a requirement to live. You know, the only things you actually need to survive is water and a little bit of food. Yeah. You know, shelter helps obviously because the world's dangerous out there and you need some shelter. But I mean, think about where people were in the seventies, you know, all they had was a little bit of weed. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have all the great drugs we have right now. No, they never <laughs> have these life, you know, they're, they're making all kinds of life saving medication. I just, that's my first inclination is yeah. to think about, Literally, we're talking 50 years ago in the 70s. Where have we come in the last 50 years? I mean, there are robots delivering stuff to you. Yeah. Robots. We've got more power in our cell phones than the Apollo astronauts that our parents watched land on the moon had in their spaceship that yeah. they were in. Just right here. Did your parents ever think that you were going to have that at all? No one even imagined that that was possible. Yeah. At all. So when you talk about standard of living and what was the, what was the, they stopped counting when cell phones were at what? 99%. Yeah. So Census Bureau. Yeah. So everyone has, you literally have more technology in the palm of your hands. The only reason you're able to listen to this podcast probably. Yeah. Cause most people aren't going to go on this crazy thing called the internet and download the MP3 and then put it on some kind of device like your, you know, your MP3 CD player. These people like, don't know the perils of having to convert things from Napster and, and Kaza yeah. all the time. You like, know what's crazy? 
my grandmother and my mother even, which my mother is a baby boomer, they grew up, listen to this, Nate, they grew up without heat or air conditioning. Yeah. No heat, no air. They grew up with without that. Yeah. But they, I mean, that's nothing compared to what you're going through. I mean, look at your life. Look at your life, Charlie. Look at my. All your friends have student debt. Look at, look at my. Look at my poor millennial look stance. At your terrible standard of living that you have. Come on, you can't just measure this by by wealth. You know, this could be looked at as a good. Sometimes going into debt can be can be a good thing. You know, a lot of people who have made a lot out of themselves went into a lot of debt to get there. And could you, so could you look at, say the world was just full of a whole bunch of Grant Cardone's and, and Bill Gates's and Elon Musk's and all these people and everyone was in tons of debt like they were when they were like 30 years old. And you're like, oh, look at the perils of these people's living standards. No, that would be no measurement of their living standards whatsoever. And actually they were putting themselves on a better footing to have an amazing life afterwards. Mm-hmm. So you have, then you have to ask yourself, is the debt going towards some type of investment for a better future? Like, is it leverage mm-hmm. debt? Yeah. That's what leverage debt is. Is this debt going to make your life better? And that's a real question we have to ask with student loan debt, because a lot of the student loan debt is not going to do that. A lot of it is pointless. And it's a lot of people that are going to school that did not need to go to college. They, <clears throat> they just did not need to. You have to... Just take this little bit of advice from my 32-year-old boomer self, apparently, now that I've been told <laughs> on Twitter several times. Don't think that you can make an accurate decision about what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're 17, 18 years old. You have no idea. Now, some people do. Some people make that decision, and they're perfectly fine. But you might make that decision, think that you know what's best for yourself and think that you know yourself and what you're going to be happy doing. You're just a 17, 18 year old kid and you do not know who you're actually going to be someday at all. I have some more empirical evidence for this. Yeah. I went to a graduation last weekend at Alabama, nowhere near Greenbow. That's too bad. Yeah. It was uh, in Tuscaloosa and I took note and even made a comment to my girlfriend and even people in our row were saying the exact same thing, but there were, there were doctorates and there were master's degrees, but it was largely undergraduate degrees. Now my girlfriend's sister is a nurse. She just graduated with her BSN in nursing, uh, which by the way, is a good degree to have because there's a shortage of nurses. So if you're going to go to college for something and be guaranteed a job, when you get out, it's probably going to be nursing. Now, There were three separate rows and there were thousands of kids graduating. And I don't remember exactly how many people there were, but almost two thirds of this undergraduating class with their bachelor's degree were getting them in uh, like business administration. Yeah. Which basically means nothing. It basically means you don't know what you want to do. Yes. That's what that means. Yet they spent 40, 50, 60, 80 thousand dollars to go to Alabama to get a business of a minute. If you're going to get a business of administration, unless your college is paid for, you just go to whatever school's the cheapest. Yeah. You don't go go to Alabama or go work somewhere, get paid to work there and work your way up at the business. Right. You don't, 
go to Alabama for a BA degree. Yeah. That's so ridiculous. And it's like, and I, you know, I don't know how much Alabama costs, but I think, you know, one scholarship I heard of was like something around 60, 60 something thousand dollars. Like, why would you look, I get Alabama is a cool school. Like they've won a ton of national championships and it probably is pretty fun to go there for four years, but you're not even thinking about putting yourself 60, a hundred thousand dollars in debt for a degree that everyone else has. Yeah. That's why a business administration degree means nothing. Because if you look around at the graduating class, you're competing with all of your classmates that are graduating, by the way. And not only that, but every single graduation that's come before you or that's coming after you, you're competing with all those. And there's more of them too. Yeah. You're not getting, you're not going to school to get a job, to come out and get a job. That's actually the, that the market is demanding right now. There's a higher demand for crane operators than there are, which you can go to a six month trade school, come out making over a hundred thousand dollars a year versus the demand for college kids (laughs) with business of administration degrees or general studies or whatever stupid other degree you can get when you go to a four-year university like Alabama, you know, why don't you go to the university of Phoenix or something (laughs) that online school or whatever. There's all kinds. I bet you, in fact, I think there was a university of Alabama at Birmingham, which is probably cheaper than Alabama itself. And look, you don't get to go brag to all your friends about the, the meaningless Greek fraternity you're in at Alabama, but yeah, which may not be meaningless to everyone, you know, it may not be meaningless to the people you brag to, I guess. Well, they got that college experience. Yeah. You know, the college experience that puts you in debt for the rest of your life. And now you want someone else to pay for it because clearly your living standards are declining. They're missing the whole point of a college degree, which is to set you apart from other people and to make you more valuable to the person that you're trying to go to for a job and everyone's missing. And I've even heard people on the left admit this, that in, in a few years and we're really there now, but a bachelor's degree is not worth much more than a high school diploma. Now, now you need to have a master's because everyone has one. Because everyone's got about the the point of you having a bachelor's degree was to was to give you a leg up over the competition for the job. And once everyone has one, the bachelor's degree becomes worthless. And and now everyone's going to have to get a master's and then they'll start giving those away for free and then everyone's going to have to get a doctorate. And they're going to have to invent something new over that. I don't know what it's going to what it's going to be. But they're they're missing a big point in this, which is and I didn't You have to forgive me, I did not bring up the actual statistics on this, but I know the basic gist of the situation. You have to ask yourself what people, when you you talk about the standard of living and the amount of money that people are making, you have to take into account how much time did you have to work in 1970 to pay for the food to put on the table? How much time did you have to work to get a refrigerator, to get a microwave, to get a TV? How much time out of your week or out of your month or your year was spent to make enough money to buy that thing. You could even, you could even do that math on how, you know, how many, how much time did you have to spend to work to get the internet? Yeah. Cause it didn't exist. So you spent years. It wasn't possible. Yeah. You spent years working with no internet. Look at TVs, you know, just 10 years ago, what would a 70 inch LCD or 4K TV, if they existed, and we'll say what, six, seven years ago, 4K TV, 70 inch cost at Best Buy 
or Target or Walmart, say something like that. It's ten grand in the thousand in the in the a lot of thousands, a lot. So, how much time did you have to work to be able to purchase a TV? You had to work a lot of time. You had to work a month or two. A month or two worth of your paycheck had to go towards a TV, and now you can get that freaking thing for five hundred bucks. So now, even if you're making like a minimum wage, a week of your money, and then you can have the same TV. And so that's a difference in your standard of living where if your parents were gonna do it, they would have had to take all the money they made for two months to be able to buy something that you can afford to buy within a week. You can't look at that and tell me that that's not an increase in the standard of living for people. I want you, I want you to get this real quick. My mom also said something that we gotta talk about, but. But I want you to get this real quick. I just did a quick search for you so you, we could look at TV prices. In 2010, Samsung's biggest TV was 55 inches and it retailed for $3,300. 55 inches? 55 inches. Was it even? $3,300. Was it LCD, plasma, something like this that? This was an LED based LED. LCD. Okay. Yeah. Not even the 4K, like just. Nope everything we have right now it had uh it had uh it had 3d capability or 3d compatible yeah um but three thousand three hundred dollars for their 40 inch tv which by the way looks like the smallest screen in the world now yeah two thousand dollars <laughs> that's like your bedroom tv now where yeah, you used to put like the a, little tv <laughs> it's like 150 bucks yeah that's so so my god like look, look at these prices it's insane it's really like i've got I've got a 55 inch TV in my bedroom. You yeah. Know? That's a, they're freaking throwaway items now. Yeah. You could barely give that thing away when I go to get a new one. It's ridiculous how yeah. much cheaper consumer goods have become. And the same thing happened with food. Like I said, I don't have the time statistics, but I know that they're in the favor of the point I'm trying to make. So just trust me on that. You would, ha you would have to work, you know, you would have to work 20 hours to pay for all of the food that you were going to eat that week. And now, you know, it's like seven hours or something like that. That's an increase in the standard of living, even if you're making the same money. Now, you may have to work 20 hours to pay for Uber Eats Yeah, to deliver yeah. it to your door. But that's not something you have to have. <laughs> you know, that's something you're choosing to yeah. do. My so. mom also said that they not only did they not have any heat or air conditioning, they also had no running water. They had, wow. a, they had to go to an outhouse. Now, <clears throat> I want you. I've mentioned this several times. We take for granted literally take for granted how much of a convenience and unbelievable just life miracle it is to have running water. Yeah. It's just amazing. Look at people in, in Africa. Yeah. I mean, just, they don't even have outhouses. They would die to have your standard crappy toilet that we have here right now. No pun in, pun intended. If they had the money, they'd pay to live in Flint. Yeah, they would. <laughs> they would. That's their dream place. Right. They've got postcards of Flint up on their walls. <laughs> they would take Just, Flint yeah. over their current conditions. It's, it, and I'm not saying Flint's not Flint's is, you know, it's bad that they had problems with their water and they probably still do. Yeah. I think. Do you remember that time we put, we played a festival in Flint? Yeah. Um, like some kind of, some kind of rock fest, punk rock festival, something like that. Mm hmm. Super scary, super scary yep. time. I played the machine shop there, which is a kind of a famous club. Yeah. I played in Detroit a few times, but didn't you go back played, up to Flint. Never played that. the machine shop in old Flint. Nope. Nope. Hmm. Nope. Played someplace in Detroit a few times. I do not remember. How do you remember the names of the venues? Cause this is like a, it's a place you want to play if you're yeah. in rock and roll. I can't even remember the name of the one out there in like 
Idaho or somewhere out there that was like somewhere that you really want to go play out there in the Northwest that, uh, that we played. You guys have played there before too, but uh, it was just like one of those really epic, iconic venues that like everyone went and played. I can't remember the names of the venues. I just can't. Well, I was too drunk. Well, you did it just, too. <laughs> it just was. You had all these new millennial drugs. I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> that wasn't it. It wasn't like rock and roll back in the seventies. That wasn't it. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you clearly had a, had a, a declining standard of tour living. To me, the worst part about this, <laughs> the worst part about this is the mentality. It's the narrative of this. That really bothers me. Yeah, most. read some of these tweets. It's the this well, is, I don't have I don't these people that right responded. Now. But it was it's just people, there was one guy who responded who said, "Yeah, because Instagram is so worth my hundred thousand dollars in debt." Yeah, it's like, look, dude, we're not saying that having Instagram has increased your standard of living. However, the fact that Instagram is able to exist, and I'm sure you probably use since you use Twitter, instead of waste. How about instead of wasting your time complaining on Twitter? You take that time and you put it towards increasing your productivity so that you can start paying down your $100,000 in debt decision that you made. Now, of course, some of these tweets, when I was reading them this morning, people were replying saying, oh, well, I have a friend who had some health problems. And so they were going to be able to get a job, you know, that was going to be able to pay off their student loans. So that's why they made a decision. But then they ended up having an issue. And to where they now they can't get the job that they were supposed to be able to get to help pay their student loans, but they're still stuck with the debt. And it's like, well, one, that's a very sad story for your friend. It's a one-off case, you know, but you're talking about probably less than 1% of people who actually have issues that actually keep them from paying off their debt. But two, you have to factor in, okay, if I'm going to sign up for $100,000 in debt that I have to owe, what what are my pros and cons? What could potentially go wrong where I might not be able to uh, execute the plan that I have, which is ultimately going to lead to me paying off that debt. And well, no one, they don't think about any well, that, of that. That's the thing is that it's they a, want somehow it. it's not, it's still, Oh, it's like, Oh, not my fault. It's gotta be someone else's. They want this big life, but they want it with no risk. They want to take out all this loan, all these loans and have no risk behind it. And this is one of the things that's bothered me before where, like I said earlier, getting a, a student loan, that's supposed to be an investment in your future so you can make more money. If you're not doing that, if you're not doing it for that reason specifically, so you can invest in your future so you can get a better job and make more money that's obviously going to pay for more than you paid for the loan over time, then you don't need to be doing it. But look at what happens with business owners that take out massive loans, tons of loans to start businesses, millions of dollars, hundreds of thousands. I've taken out tens of thousands of dollars to, for, for other businesses. That was and, your college and debt. Sometimes, yeah. Well, I also have college debt <laughs> on top of that. But I, I, you know, you go and do that and you think, okay, well, yeah, I'm a business. I want to start a business. And so I'm taking out this loan and I hope it's going to help me grow my business and I can make more money and be more successful. Is there anyone standing up arguing that we should have free business loans for everyone? That free, we should have free business financing for mm -hmm. everyone. Why, why aren't people on the left making that argument? It's because they don't see college as an investment in the future. They just see it as this thing that you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to college. That way you come out fully indoctrinated. Like you can, <laughs> you know, you're, you're just supposed to go do it. It's, it's, they don't see it as what it should be, right. which is this investment. And investments have risk, 
without risk, there is no reward. There's a reason that that's a, a saying, and they, it's true. They've actually, they haven't played the game of life. Enough. They haven't. They have Because you, know, you make a choice at the beginning. Either you forego college and you start making money right away, or you can choose to go to college and hopefully you draw the right card, like a doctor or something, so you can yeah. win the game. Yeah. You know, but they haven't played the game of life. I've never played the game of life. You've never actually. played the game? Is that an actual game? It's an actual game. Yeah, I've never yeah. played it. It's called I played the- Monopoly a lot. No, this one's and called- I didn't find any Monopolies. This one, <laughs> this one's <laughs> called Life, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's the game of life and you get to, uh, you have a choice. You, well, you draw some cards and stuff, but you, there is a choice where you can either go down the path of making money or you can go down the path of going to college. Now, while you go to college, you're investing, but when you come out, you're making more. You know, yeah. but, but that's the thing. It's an investment. Yeah. Like any other investment and you should treat it as such. And you know, if, if you don't know what you want to do, don't go. Yeah. Just don't go. Don't go. Wait unless until you, have, you do know for sure what you want to do. Unless you have a scholarship, unless you have a, a way that's, that is being paid for. Yeah. That's the only reason you should actually go when you're 18. To get back on what I was saying earlier to me, the it's the mentality and the narrative that is the worst part of this because you're telling young people and they want to believe it because people are down. They feel like they don't have a chance. They feel depressed. They feel, they feel like life is really hard and they want to hear this narrative. It's not your fault. Things are happening beyond your control and your standard of living is being taken away from you. You're not going to have the life that your parents had. You're not going to have the American dream that people talked about. It's just not possible anymore. They talked about it in the first paragraph of this thing. And this is exactly the narrative that Bernie Sanders wants his people to believe. And they want to believe it. That's why he is a perfect salesman. He is a very, very good used car salesman. Okay? Except for this one, he's selling a uh, an ideology that's led to the deaths of 100 million people. But, right. you know, that's basically the same as selling a used car, right? It says stories of the American dream have been told for generations, not just in the United States. Economic mobility is such a core part of the story America tells about itself. People whose families have lived here for generations, immigrant families, are taught to believe that in this country, anyone, regardless of their background, can pull themselves up by their bootstraps to obtain and build wealth. And then the article goes on to tell you why that's not true, why it's not possible, why you can't do that. And it's not your fault. It's it's someone else's fault. It's the right's fault. It's the greedy people's fault. It's not your fault. And to me, that is the worst and most disgusting part of this entire narrative is that when you come to these young minds who already have a proclivity to be, I don't want to say lazy, but take the easier route. When you're, when you're younger, you're definitely, everyone's looking for the easiest route at, at all times. You, there's no reason you want to take the harder route for no reason. So everyone wants to find the easier route and they're looking for this. They want to hear that it's not their fault. And he's telling them that, and he's telling them who to blame for that. And what he's doing is he's instilling in, in an entire generation of people that they have no hope, they have no chance Unless the right person is in control of the U.S. government. Unless you elect me. Yeah, unless you elect me. And so I can take over all of our economy. You have no hope at all. Yeah. You're never going to be able to do anything if you do not elect me. And that's a terrible, disgusting message for him to sell to people because it's not true. We're both, I mean, some empirical evidence here, if you ever heard it, we're both very good examples of that. I know we're white, but we did come up really poor. And we both lived in trailers 
I had double the amount of trailers that you had. Yeah, you had two of them. I had two trailers in two different locations. And we were able with single mothers to to come up and sit here in this nice, massive, beautiful studio that we're in right now. So big. So big and so grand. Yeah. You're, you know, we're able to make a good living. The Mexicans built it. Yeah, they did really quickly. <laughs> Really fast. We appreciated it. Mexico paid for it. Yep. That's, <laughs> what, I, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. Mexico built the Mexico studio paid for, for it. Yeah. yeah. With they, you put tariffs on them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and we were able to do this. And if I would have heard what Bernie Sanders was selling when I was young, I just, I hate to think of how I would have turned out if I would have had a role model like Bernie Sanders talking in my ear the whole time. Mm-hmm. Thank God. I had never heard his message when I was these kids age because I could have turned out with a lot, a lot worse life than I have right now. Now you would have been, you're still my friend. So yeah, I would have talked you still listen to you. you. You still would have brought me up with you, I guess. <laughs> yeah. It's all about who you know. Well, look, and the biggest thing to add on to that, I would say is there has never been a better time to be alive. This whole declining living, living standards is just an absolute lie. It's a joke. It's an absolute, the poorest among us live better than Rockefeller ever could have ever dreamed of. Yeah. And the dude was a billionaire. He was a billionaire. And even the poorest people among us live way better. Rockefeller probably never had running water. In his time, the richest person in the world, if they got cancer, they died. Yeah. That's what happened. There was the prognosis was death. Yep. Yeah. It's just that don't sell yourself short. That's the biggest thing. Don't believe the lies. Go to BernieLies.com, <laughs> read all the lies, and then don't believe them. Well, we could attach onto this the tweets that I have at the end of our notes for today, since we're pretty, we're over an hour in the podcast right now. Oh, wow. Yeah. If you want, we can add these, these news stories we can do, uh, we can do tomorrow. There's Is there this, an Elon Musk story? No Elon oh, Musk okay. story today. I'm sorry. <laughs> I try to get the Daily Musk in, but uh, we should name a segment, the Daily Musk. I think yeah. that would be a good one. So this guy tweeted, some of you guys might've seen his name's Peter Dow, Dao. Something like that. Maybe you can look up and see who that is. He's got, he's got a check mark. So uh, this guy tweeted. Uh, what was his first tweet? Let's can you give it. me a good reason one person should have a billion dollars? Yeah. Yeah. There's So I gave him some, I gave him a good reason. So his tweet was, can you give me a good reason one person should have a billion dollars? And yes, you can give someone a good reason. The reason is they provided more than a billion dollars worth of value to society. That's why someone could have a billion dollars. And that's the good thing about the free market. If we're in it, when we're in a free market, is that if you have a billion dollars, it means that you provided more than a billion dollars in value to other people's lives in some kind of way. And to act like somehow this is a bad thing. Like if, if that money, is a product of value creation, then you should want as many billionaires as you could possibly have, because that means everyone is richer because of it. We all have a better life because of it. And that is, that is why we have most of our billionaires. So it is a good thing. And this, this ideology where you look at simply because someone has more than everyone else, that it must be a bad thing. It's this, this zero sum game mentality that, 
that just does not work. It, it, it doesn't help anyone. And you're saying that the world would just be better if that person had not created that value. And it makes no sense at all. What do you think? I'm looking up this, uh, Peter Dao guy or Dao, whatever you drink over there, whatever he is, this, uh, <laughs> Peter, he looks like he's a war survivor, a jazz pianist, a former Clinton and Kerry advisor. <laughs> and he is husband to Leela Dao. And, um, and he's looks to be on the far left, the far left. <laughs> you, don't, you don't he's, say he's actually even calling out uh, Pelosi and the Democrats. He's got one tweet here. He said impeachment options versus actions. You know, they could have impeached Trump for child torture or for <laughs> obstruction or violent incitement, violent incitement, <clears throat> subpoena defiers, impeach bar, impeach Kavanaugh. But instead, they're going to impeach Trump for Ukraine. <laughs> okay. So he's like, he's like upset. So and, this guy's a complete nut job. Yeah, he okay. is. So he, and and, and uh, even after he tortured children at the border, did did Trump torture people at the border? I don't. I don't think is so. Is there any evidence of that? I actually don't even think Trump changed any of the laws for what <laughs> did happen at the border when yeah. he came in. This they is just started enforcing the laws that were on the books. Actually, yeah. a lot, the picture that went viral was a picture from when Obama was president. Yeah. I mean, this is nuts. His, Listen, uh, his book is digital civil war confronting the far right menace. So oh, I have this massive jug of water right here. I just asked so, you to, <laughs> you guys ever had that thing in the back of your throat where you tried everything you could to keep talking, but it, you had that tickle and you just had to stop. Mm -hmm. It's happening right now. Yeah. Yeah. So go ahead. Well, so you're absolutely right. So, why should any one person ever have a billion dollars? My thing is, you know, you're right on providing more than a billion dollars worth of value. But the other thing you could say too is, you know, why should anyone have a hundred thousand dollars? Yeah. I mean, that's way more than you actually need to survive. You know, why, why is it a billion? Because they have it and you don't, you know, I bet this, I bet this guy being a guy with a blue check mark that has 283,000 followers, who's an author of a book, and he probably has a podcast or something else. Who knows? But he seems to be pretty active. I bet if I go to his website here, he's got some some email campaigns. He's probably he looks like he's dressed in a nice suit here, which probably costs at least a couple hundred dollars. He's got a haircut and everything like that. <laughs> Why does he have a haircut? You There's know? a lot of homeless people that don't have There's, haircuts. Exactly. So yeah. I have no idea how this guy even, you know, how did he how is he even doing this? Why do you why does any one person need a haircut? It must be really nice to be able to just draw an arbitrary line in the sand and say that if you have more than this much, then you're evil. Yeah. Like, how do you, how do you pick that number? Right. How do you pick it? You it's, it's always more than you have, by the way. It's, tell me. It's always more than you. Tell me why any one government needs $4 trillion. Yeah. That should have been my, well, why should the government have a billion dollars? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. If one person can't have it, why does one government get to have it? You know, um, and it's like, look, you, these people, it, it's, it's always someone that has more than you do. That's yeah. who you can attack. You know, they are the ones who are the evil. They're the ones that are on the far, they're the far right menace. <coughs> you know, the people who have more success than you, more money than you do, a better looking girlfriend than you do, <laughs> uh, a hotter husband than you do, a, you know, a better job, more freedom. It's always someone else. Yep. You know? The, the people who have, you know, 
no kids versus have kids or two kids and <laughs> one kid or whatever. Better looking kids, smarter kids. In Russia, it was because someone had more cows than you did. Right. And then you got to kill the person that had the most yeah. cows. That's the yeah. same ideology playing out over and over and over again. It's a, it's a disgusting, envious, I don't even know what else. It's just a terrible, this guy has 81.3 thousand tweets. Yeah. Who's got time to tweet 81,000 times? If he's not a millionaire, then he's doing it wrong for yeah. sure. He should he should be. I'm sure he is. I'm, I'm really sure That's he is. That's actually, you should tweet him back and ask him how much he makes. Yeah. <laughs> be like, oh, well, Peter Dayao, how much do you make? That's different. That's different. Yeah. He made just like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. That's okay for him to have all that money. But, um, you know, I think we can kind of wrap it up, but it's, it's, the reason that we push for free enterprise and free market all the time is because if you have a billion dollars, it means that other people valued what you gave them more than a billion dollars. That's the, that's always the good thing. Unless you had yourself a nice government enforced monopoly, then that means that you provided that much value in the society and Jeff Bezos, whatever he's worth, he's provided more value than that. If he hadn't have, then the money wouldn't be there then he wouldn't be worth that much money. People wouldn't have put, been putting their money freely into Amazon stock, which is where most of his net worth comes from. Mm -hmm. You know, the, the CEO of Walmart would not be making whatever he makes if they did not determine that what they got from him was worth more money than that. The store that you go and buy your coffee at later would not make any money if you did not value the coffee more than you valued the money that you gave them. That's the beautiful part about the free market. That's why we push it all the time. Because if you have money, that means that you provide a value. Whereas in the old days, it was just whoever had the most power, the most force, you know, rape and pillage and take whatever you want. That's how you have money. That's, that's what the government did at that point in time. Mm -hmm. You know, Robin Hood, you know, stealing from the rich. It was, that was stealing from the government who had, who had stolen the money from the people by force. So, that's why we push for this all the time. That's why you guys should follow what we're doing. And by the way, let me ask you guys, when you listen to this podcast, send us a note, send us a message, send me an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. We got a request to start running an ad on our podcast. And this ad that we would have to read on air is for Alyssa Milano's podcast to advertise on our podcast. Now, of course, Alyssa Milano is a far leftist. Probably, we, probably a friend of Peter's here. Yeah. <laughs> we don't necessarily agree with much that she has to say, although we could probably talk and agree on some criminal justice things. You know, we could probably agree on foreign wars. We could probably find a lot of agreements. But we were talking about whether or not we should run the ad. And I brought up a point. I think it was a good point that we believe in the free exchange of ideas and we believe in freedom of speech and we believe that if our ideology is better, if we have the better ideology, then we should not be scared to point you guys to her podcast. We should not want to hide you guys from what she is saying because if our ideas are better than hers, then we're gonna win out. And you should be free to make that decision on your own. And we should not engage in deciding that we just don't want to show people that podcast. Plus, we can make some money while we're talking about it. Mm -hmm. So that's that's good, too. So the idea that we have is that we could run this ad for Alyssa Milano. And it can be all about how we want 
we want you guys to be free to look at all of the ide- all of the ideologies out there and still come back to this one as the better ideology. And we don't want to hide other people's ideas. Now the other flip side, I doubt she would ever run an advertisement for our podcast on her podcast. I mean, she, she should feel bad. I love Google because Alyssa Milana's net worth, uh, $10 million. Oh man. So she should feel bad for us. Cause we're not there. Uh, we should obviously hate her. Actually, she should pay it. She should do ads for us for free on her podcast. Yeah, We shouldn't even have to pay her until we even out the that. number of subscribers that we have. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. That's the only way that I think it's fair. So anyway, we're talking about doing this ad. <laughs> You guys send me an email, nate at goodmorningliberty.us. We're talking about doing it. Haven't made a decision yet. Um, I think we might, or we might not, or maybe we will, or maybe we won't. I don't know. You'll see. Listen to more podcasts so you can find out. Follow us on Instagram at goodmorningliberty. Follow us on Twitter at goodamliberty. Look us up on Facebook, Good Morning Liberty. Go to the YouTubes. We're live on the YouTubes every single day. We get a new, get a couple new subscribers every day on YouTube now. So, So I guess that's a... That's still a thing, still a thing that people are doing. And then go to our website, which is goodmorningliberty.us. If you want to read some great, some tremendous, some tremendously perfect articles on politics and economics. We had someone on YouTube actually say, Hey, while we were recording and I wasn't able to answer because it wanted me to sign in and I thought I was already signed in. And so I was getting confused and then I needed to speak to the people. Yeah. So I wasn't able to get signed in to say, Hey, to Alexander, but Hey, Alexander, (laughs) Good to see you. Thanks for stopping by. Thanks for subscribing to YouTube guys and gals. Another thing that you can do for us, what y'all can do is you can leave us a rating and review. This is the most simple way to support this show. Now, if you're feeling froggy and uh, you're in the giving spirit in this time, then what you can do is support this podcast with your hard earned cold, hard cash. It's hard earned and it's cold, hard. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's some important cash right yes. there it's really yeah uh and you can do that through a bank transfer of your credit card <laughs> by going to goodmorningliberty.us slash shop and you're going to get something in return that's the coolest thing about this whole free market thing is that if you give us money because you like listening to the show we're going to give you something that you could wear yeah or we're going to get you something you can drink out of or we're going to get you something you can put on top of your head like a hat if we There's, take in a billion dollars from our shop, that means that we provided people with things that they deemed val- more valuable than a billion dollars. Exactly. So why does Good Morning Liberty have a billion dollars? We don't until you start going to our shop. So that's goodmorningliberty.us slash shop or go to gmlconnect.com. That's G-M-L, G-M-L. I feel like that's pretty clear. Yeah. That stands for Good Morning Liberty, by the way, <laughs> gmlconnect.com. And that has all of the links where you could follow us. Uh, again, leave us a rating and review. That's the easiest and freest way to support this show. Give us five stars if you think it's worth. If you guys do all that, we'll be back again tomorrow and do this all over again. I hope you guys have a good day and a good morning, Liberty. Sorry about the coughing.